Hello and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast number 258. My name is John. Joining me this morning is Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Uh, good afternoon. It's, mm. It is well past noon. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Okay, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm just used to recording in the morning, I guess. Um, also, uh, I should have said greetings from Echo Base because it's like completely freezing here. And um, we got, I don't know, at least a foot of snow in the last uh, day or so. Um, so it's been all shoveling and slipping and sliding and snow days around here at uh, Blockade Runner HQ Midwest. I mean, not the worst thing in the world. No, no, no. I was, um, nope, it's been totally fine. Yeah, <laughs> but um, definitely hot light conditions for sure. So mm, Yeah, I mean, it's below zero here, um, oh. but not not much on the snow front, unfortunately. So it's yeah. just cold. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, I think we're like 20s right now, um, but tonight it's going to be negative five or something like that and Mm. then it's like a a high of like one or two degrees the next few days um so it'll be uh pretty cold here as well so great time to um hunker down and uh record a star wars podcast yeah agreed (laughs) all right so there was a pretty big um news story this week that we are going to uh cover here in the first part of the episode about the mandalorian and grogu um, and then we're also going to look ahead to 2024 and, and talk, uh, a little bit about, um, other things that are, uh, on the horizon for this year since we, uh, we've, we've just entered 2024. Ryan, you, you smiled, you laughed there. Yeah. Okay. So my instinct, like I haven't heard it said out loud, the Mandalorian and Grogu, Mm-hmm. And my instinct was to be like working title. Yeah. Because hearing it out loud, I'm like, they, they're they not actually going to call the movie that, right? <laughs> it's not creative. I know, but it's like the same thing with the shows, right? Like um, I'm rewatching Ahsoka right now, which we talked about on our last episode. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, that sh- show sure is called Ahsoka. <laughs> The, the right, Tano show and Andor is Andor, like yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm I'm rewatching that right now as well. Andor, Ooh, um, nice. yeah, and uh, you know, like the the names of both of those shows are fine, I guess, but yeah. they're not creative, and they're also not like super super accurate in terms of what those shows are really about you know what i mean well yeah and then then you have the problem where like dorks on the internet get mad and been like why is this show called the mandalorian when he's only in 72.3 minutes of screen time whatever and same with like ahsoka or andor or whatever but i guess that's what i guess that's the thing with all the superhero movies and stuff like they're all just called like this is daredevil like this is spider-man um they're just called that thing so yeah it's true they are and i don't like that either but i think it makes a lot more sense in in that um Mm. world because they are building movies and tv shows on decades and decades of individual comic books you know lines and stories and stuff like Mm. marvel is a bunch of 
separate comic books that you could go into a store and buy off the rack for the last 70 years or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like kind of built into what superhero stuff is, right? Like they all yeah. exist in the same universe, but they have their own titles and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I mean, we are getting these separate TV shows focused sort of on specific characters, but, um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's uh, titled for the, most mainstream kind of consumer to be able to say, I'm going to watch the show about that one, you know, I guess. And there's probably some wisdom to that, but yeah, it's just like, it's weird. Cause like a new hope is not called Luke Skywalker. Like, yeah. (laughs) And it would suck if it was, or, or like even rogue one, like, can you imagine if instead of rogue one, the title of the mission and also a group of people and, you know, like a title with layers of meaning and not that it's the deepest title, but still, you know what I mean? It has some, yeah. and there's a great moment like may rogue one, may the force mm-hmm. be, I mean, whatever, right. It's a good title. Can you imagine if that show or that movie had just been called Jin Urso? Like that would suck. <laughs> See, so then I, th- I guess solo was the, t- the turning point. Yeah. That's where and it look all how that hung. turned out. <laughs> <laughs> turned out pretty well in my opinion i like that one but yeah um yeah it was uh maybe not the best naming um i don't know whatever it probably yeah, was fine I guess for solo though. I, I guess that's just like i think i don't know it's also it also oh, like sorry i just got to say this okay okay so solo solo is about like that's like the one case where it's like wow that actually is a pretty fair title you know for that movie like it really is there's there's a lot of interesting characters in that movie, but it's not Lando's movie. It's not Kira's movie. Like, it's Solo, you know? But, like, I'm not even sure Ahsoka is the star of Ahsoka. I don't think she is, you know? So, it's... Uh, no, and it's fine. Um, yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. not a problem when that, like, happens. Um, like, I don't know. Like, to me, Solo does feel like a, like a, a triage cast. Like... It, it feels it feels like Kira's story. It feels like Lando's story, and it feels like Han Solo's story. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, as in the same way that like a New Hope is not called Luke Skywalker. Yeah, because yeah. it's like yeah. it's Han's story. It's Leia's story. Like, yeah, maybe it's like whatever percentage breakdown. It's like mostly Luke's story. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, but I also just, I feel like this is just a current trend of naming things where, like, the thing is just the the name. <laughs> like, we're just mm-hmm. not being... But then, I don't know. Like, but there's also, like, you have stuff like Skeleton Crew, which is not called Jude Law or... <laughs> whatever <laughs> um jude law in space uh which would be a good selling point it's not called Lor santeca yeah that's a joke I like, I don't, he's I like not Lor santeca i don't think yeah. he's Lor santeca oh um, wait is oh hmm. i didn't know that was i can't i'm like really struggling with timelines these days in star wars stuff so i i'm like not even thinking in those terms yeah same i was playing uh jedi survivor this morning and i it i had to like take 10 seconds at one point and be like 
is this after um return of the jedi or before return of the jedi and um Mm -hmm. yeah like i always struggle with that stuff too so but uh, I got to tell you, Ryan, this is some typical 2024, the Blackade Runner podcast back on its bullshit again, because um, mm-hmm. we were like, hey, we're going to talk about the Mandalorian and Grogu. And uh, really, we've just spent like six minutes talking about the title and, you know, going off talking if, about other titles. The Mandalorian did Solo star Han Solo or didn't it? Like, <laughs> this is not what we're supposed to be talking about right now. If it's so. called the Mandalorian and Grogu, then why did you just talk about Ahsoka? <laughs> uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, um, man, what's that Burt's, Burt Reynolds movie? Um, okay, uh, Him and the Monkey. What's that one called? Uh, Any Which Way But Loose. See, they didn't even call that Burt Reynolds and the Monkey. You know, it's called Any Which Way But Loose. So, I don't know. Um, let's talk about The Mandalorian and Grogu, the movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which does feature those characters as far as we know. Um, this is uh, this is news. This, is, uh, this broke this week that the i think we'll talk about in a second i think the next star wars movie the first one to come out in theaters is the mandalorian grogu um written and directed by john favreau and uh it is according to kathleen kennedy a new story that is a perfect fit for the big screen so um yeah that's about what we know we know that uh that that favreau is going to be working on um this movie and it's going to go into production this year sometime um and that uh you know he will be directing and it will be produced by favreau kathleen kennedy and dave filoni but that's about what we know um there's a bunch of other stuff we think we know but that's like basically what we know for sure pretty much period right right yeah yeah and i think like the things that we think we know um i don't know i don't know i don't know what is a sure thing really um and like there's things that are logical but nothing is certain except that this is a movie coming to theaters and it's written and directed by john favreau yeah which actually, I was just looking at the post on StarWars.com, and I don't think it even says that. That uh, It doesn't say that he's writing it, but I'm sure he is. But um, it says directed oh, by John yeah. Favreau. Um, that's it. It doesn't say that he's writing it, but I think that's a pretty safe assumption. I mean, he wrote, a, he's written a great deal of the Mandalorian episodes. Mm-hmm. Um Dave Filoni's written some. I think uh, Rick Famuyiwa has written some. I mean, there's been other writers, but like he seems to write a lot of that show. Um, I think he wrote Iron Man, didn't he? Did he write the original Iron Man? I don't remember for sure. I know he didn't write all of the Iron Man movies. Shane uh, Black, I think, maybe wrote Iron Man 3. But anyway, um, I think it's a safe bet to assume he's writing it. He could be writing it with somebody else. He could be bringing in, you know, someone else to write with him but i'd I'd be pretty surprised what's that it wouldn't i think it would make sense for potentially him and filoni to be writing it ah you you mean chief creative officer of lucasfilm dave filoni Mm -hmm. um especially if like i mean we can we can talk in just a moment about like theories for like what this movie actually is 
Um, but I think there's some scenarios where it would make a lot of sense for Dave Filoni to be co-writing it. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, well, let's, I mean, let's just talk about, um, both how we feel about this, maybe start with that. And then, um, we could talk a little bit too about what we think, you know, this might be, but, uh, how, how do you feel about this being the, the next Star Wars movie, Ryan? Like, how did you find this news? What was your reaction to it, uh, et cetera? Um, this text message found me well um, when, you, when you sent it. Um, I uh-huh. do just want to say, uh, di- uh, John Favreau did not write Iron Man. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, um, he has very few screenwriting credits, actually. Um, but he did write Swingers which he is did. one of the best scripts ever. So hopefully he's still uh he's still still got that uh 1996 energy <laughs> in bringing it to this if he is writing it or if not it will probably be fine. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Um Yeah, and I did send you guys the text message. Um actually though, I got I have to give a credit to um friend of the show Caleb who uh, messaged our discord and let us know that's what was happening. Um, and there's always a link to the discord in our show notes. If anybody wants to pop in there and join us uh, on discord, but, um, yeah, so, uh, I thought it was pretty exciting stuff too. I mean, you know, really like I welcome a Mandalorian and Grogu movie. I think that should be exciting. Like people obviously have a lot of affection for these characters. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be pretty cool to see them on the big screen since we've only really known them, um, you know, in a television capacity so far. So all that stuff is great. Um, in the past, we have both on the show and just kind of like, you know, in chats and stuff, we've, we've talked a lot about how important it is that the next Star Wars movie to come out after a fairly big gap here since 2019 um, we think it's important that the next Star Wars movie that releases is like the right one and really like excites people and brings people back to uh, the movie theater and and reestablishes Star Wars as a, a movie franchise in a big way. So I think there's a lot of potential um, for this movie to do that. I think there's a lot of reason to think that this could be um, a great you know, first movie back and maybe it's the right one. Um, before this announcement though, I have to say that myself and, and some of our friends, like we, we had definitely kind of taken the position. I can't remember if this was your, your position or not, Ryan, but we'd taken the position that like the Ray movie should be the first movie back, you know, like, mm-hmm. like we should come back to theaters with Ray Skywalker, like this new movie uh, pushing into a new time, mm-hmm. you know, like f- looking forward, that's just what you know really i thought um would be best for star wars would be to kick it off like this next era of star wars movies with with uh the the ray new jedi order you know whatever the movie is so um but these characters are well loved you know and um there's a there's a huge audience for these characters too especially little grogu and um what do we call pedro pascal like like daddy like the internet daddy like something i don't i forget what mm. you know 
my wife has a picture of her of him on her wall in her office, you know, like across from her desk. Like she's like at work, like working, looks up and sees mm-hmm. Pedro there, not me. So, nice. you know, like there's Pedro can bring people to the movie theaters too, is what I'm trying to say. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um personally, I'm still um more excited about the the Ray movie. Um I'm more excited for for the timeline to be brought move forward and i think like like to me like if i had to like draw a hard line of like what's star wars tv and what's star wars movies like for me it would be like the the movies that progress the timeline and the story like that's what the movies do and then like the tv shows like fill in the gaps in the way like comics or books or video games kind of used to in like the eu days um until that wasn't i mean i guess that wasn't always the case because you know they moved in the eu they moved past um return of the jedi in the in the novels and comics and stuff so i guess that's not always the case but you know that's like my kind of like platonic idea of like what um what the breakdown should be um that said uh i think there's a few things that are exciting about this movie though and um and i think it will likely do really well um with a with a with a broad audience um i think first like obviously Mandalorian um you know even like Grogu aside because I feel like that's like a totally that can be like a kind of that's almost a different fandom than like um I think I think there are there are many people who have own Grogu merchandise or stickers or something that will never watch that television show um and I think it's just, like, an iconic character. Um, like, yeah, like, you know, I, I work at a school and I see um, children, like, wearing, you know, Grogu pajamas and stuff. Like, um, but I think, like, The Mandalorian and Pedro Pascal are just, like, huge draws um, in general um in like a more concrete this is going to get people to pay for a movie ticket um type thing um and i think the other part that's exciting about this is you know it's a film directed by john favreau who you know maybe doesn't have as many writing credits as we, uh, as, as we, we assumed. We assumed, Um, yeah. But has a pretty damn good track record, uh, at the box office. Like, his, like, he's done a lot of, you know, high stakes blockbuster films that have been, like, some degree of successful like obviously some things like you know were bigger than others 
but um you know he's he's someone who can like really step up and deliver like a killer blockbuster film that gets good to great reviews and does cleans up at the box office um mm. i think you know he's just he's one of those directors that just has that touch like he he doesn't he doesn't miss with those with those big um big projects and he's had like some like you know smaller things that are um you know maybe like hit or miss um out there but when it comes to like delivering a big a big blockbuster like he consistently has delivered so i think he'll he'll he knows the stakes he knows the expectations and he knows how to like put something like this together so yeah i think it will be a a good film that does really well yeah yeah it'll be interesting too to see like these characters and this world and these stories um with a movie-sized budget you know Mm -hmm. rather than a uh, a disney plus um type budget you know too uh I assume that, um, the, the difference will be evident on the screen, you know, um, which is not a, not meant to be a slight on the Mandalorian, but just, you know, it'll be exciting to see really like all in, um, Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of budget for, for, for these characters, this world and that kind of thing. Now, my initial reaction to this, um, like, no issue in terms of excitement for the movie. I think it'll be fun. And I think maybe like, I don't know, I enjoyed, I know you really enjoyed Mandalorian season three. Um, Mm -hmm. I think more than most. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I liked it, you know, quite a bit too, but, uh, I don't know. I it, it was so exciting and made such a splash initially, but you know, I think like maybe a little bit of diminishing returns in terms of, um, just like, people staying hyped on the show and like maintaining that level of excitement for people, you know, um, whether that's anything to do with the quality or not, I just don't feel like the same sense of, you know, like engagement with it that it had initially. Um, which makes sense because that happens with stuff as time goes on. Right. Uh, so it's, it's understandable, but, um, you know, like this could be something that, that, uh, a more focused, like two hours, two hours and 15 minutes, whatever, rather than, you know, eight episodes may be a really good thing for the Mandalorian um, and this world and whatever, right? It might be a really good thing, like, to kind of, like, focus in on, like, one big story, but, you know, rather than doing episodic, like, another season of Mandalorian, maybe it'll be a shot in the arm to uh, the Mandalorian to kind of go in this direction um, and just change it up, you know what I mean? So I think that's a that's cool too. Um, but my initial reaction was to say, and I still, I don't know, I'm, I'm like 50, 50, like part of me feels like because this is an extension of a Disney plus show that it's not going to do like necessarily like crazy blockbuster business, you know, like, I don't know, the sequel movies all made over a billion dollars. Force Awakens made like $2 billion, right? Like they Mm. go like, it's insane numbers. Right. And 
um, you know, we talked about this the other day when this story broke. Solo only made, I don't know, I can't remember, 450 million or some, mm-hmm. you know, Half teeny tiny little number like that, right? Like that any other studio would have killed for. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we know obviously they had to make that movie twice, so the budget was probably enormous. And they, I don't know if they really made money on that movie. I think they probably didn't. They probably lost a little bit of money on it because the marketing budgets for movies like that are enormous too and mm-hmm. whatever. But, you know, like, but it's not this disaster that it's been sometimes depicted as just because it didn't make a billion and a half dollars or whatever. But like, I, I really wonder if, cause I can totally see both sides of it. Like, well, the Mandalorian and Grogu are established characters. Like you said, like little kids are running around in their Grogu pajamas, right? Grogu sold a billion dollars worth of merch. And, um, you know, people know these characters and like, Pedro Pascal is is a, a huge star and like why not right like it could be huge 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 and it'll have been six years probably maybe seven that since been, the yeah. since there was a Star Wars movie in the theaters mm-hmm. so you know it's all all of that points to you know big big success right but then the other side of me feels like but it's like standing in for the fourth season of a show that people have been watching for a long time and. We, I mean, I assume we'll be on Disney Plus a couple months after it's in the theater. And, you know, I just don't, I don't know. Like, I think financially it makes a ton of sense, even if it only makes, only makes $500 million at the box office, you know, because they could spend the same amount that they would spend on a season of Mandalorian on this movie, or maybe less, um, make $500 million at the box office or whatever it may be. And, like people are still going to be subscribing to Disney plus to watch it, you know, and whatever else. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think like it makes a ton of sense, but I wonder if it's fair to expect it to do the same kind of business that a standalone quote unquote star Wars movie would do, or, or if it'll, and maybe it will do that kind of business. I, I don't, you know, it's hard to say, I guess, but, um, I, I think it's really exciting for me as a Star Wars fan to be able to go to the movie theater and see this movie. Like, and I'm, I'm kind of more hyped for this than I would be for Mandalorian season four coming to Disney plus. But I'm also a little leery of the universe having the expectation that it's going to do last Jedi numbers at the box office, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if, the specifically the um force awakens rogue one last jedi numbers if those could be will ever be replicated by star wars in the theaters like that was that was just a wild three years (laughs) and i don't you know there were so many factors that went into like those three movies just tearing it up um that i don't i don't know if it's you know if it's something you can replicate so like in the same way like um i don't think the next avengers movie is going to do end game numbers right i mean you know even uh even uh avatar 2 um, you know, it, it outperformed a lot of people's expectations, 
um, and a lot of conventional wisdom, but it still didn't do Avatar numbers. Um, so I think there's just, like, things that are just not, you know, you're not going to be able to replicate. But I think a few things to consider. Um, one, the ma- like, it's, it's so hard because we live in, like, this Star Wars, like, internet like geek culture bubble um where things you know become codified in fact that like maybe aren't necessarily the full story about something um but like you know there was all like so much like talk about how you know star wars on disney plus is over it's cooked after mandalorian season three was a disaster it was terrible it's too woke and no one's ever going to go back to star wars now like it bombed so hard like etc etc the mandalorian season three was the the highest streaming numbers of any show any television show in 2023 like oh wow it was massive (laughs) and um and then you know, then it was, like, the same thing with, like, Ahsoka. Like, oh, Ahsoka, so bad. It bombed so bad. Like, Filoni's movie is canceled. Filoni's out. And then, like, he's promoted. And Ahsoka Season 2 is coming. And Mandalorian... No, Mandalorian Season 4 is not coming. It's, It's a movie now. Like... Um, so I think, like, these things, and, like, Ahsoka was, like, the third or fourth highest rated, um, television show of 2023. Um, so a lot of people are streaming and watching these shows, um, and, you know, outside of, like, just all these, like, weird, um, narratives, um, about them from just, like, a very vocal minority of people. Um, yeah. But yeah. And so like, and I think you could also like, I think people could also just as easily, you know, make the case that, um, you know, um, rise of Skywalker was such a disappointment that like, no one would go see a movie about Ray like yeah in that in that same same sort of sense um sure which i mean i think people would people people are gonna turn out for either of these movies mandalorian and grogu or the right movie like people are going to show up for these yeah it won't be you know 2015 to 2017 numbers because that's I mean, prove me wrong, but, like, that's never going to happen again. Like, I'd, I'd love to be wrong about that, but that's just not the the state of things. It's not the state of Star Wars. It's not the state of the movie industry right now. Um, but, yeah, like, I think both of these are going to do really well. And I think both of them are, I can say with full confidence will be better and will perform better than what um the rogue squadron movie would have been 
Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you there. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, you did mention there, Ryan, maybe to wrap up this conversation about the Mandalorian and Grogu and Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni, um, mm-hmm. Ahsoka season two was sort of stealth announced in the press yeah. release for the Mandalorian and Grogu. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, I don't know if maybe a day or two later, Lucasfilm was like, huh, maybe we should like actually announce that since we talked about it there and nobody's ever said that it was happening or maybe they all, I don't know who knows. But anyway, a day or two later, um, Dave Filoni posted a tweet, uh, I think, or something. An Instagram um, story? Maybe Dave Filoni didn't post it, actually. Maybe just, I think just StarWars.com posted a tweet, and then I tried to find it on StarWars.com, and it wasn't there, but now it is there. Um, and it's a sketch from Dave Filoni, and it depicts Ahsoka Tano and her apprentice Sabine Wren atop one of the ancient statues seen on Peridia in season one, with the story continues written in the sky. So, um, yeah, Classic. that show is on the way. Yeah, I, I love that, like, Dave Filoni is, like, this top Lucasfilm, top <laughs> Star Wars guy now, and he's like, Still gonna do this little bar napkin doodle for mm-hmm. <laughs> to announce mm-hmm. my show. Like we're not no no slick logo or you know fancy teaser trailer. Like just gonna just gonna sketch something out real quick. Yeah, you know. In contrast, John Favreau posts um, you know uh, uh, photographs of you know little little statues or um, concept. Uh, you know, models of, um, uh, Gamorrean guards, like hunky Gamorrean <laughs> guards, you know, that's how he announces yeah. something. So yep. to be fair, um, like that, 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 I think Mandalorian season two was just announced with a, an Instagram photograph. So not too far off. Um, but yeah, yeah. um, our friend Dave Hackerson, um, I don't know enough about Tolkien really to like totally follow, but he was like, I forget exactly what Dave said, so forgive me, Dave, but he said something along the lines of, like, wow, like, he's not even hiding how much he loves uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah. So maybe there's a big uh, finger statue in Lord of the Rings, too, or something. Yeah, there's, I mean, if, like, it's one of, the, like, the final shots of the um, Peter Jackson Fellowship of the Ring um, when they're when they're on the on the boat on the on the river towards the end and there's the the giant statues um yeah it's very gotcha. much, very much that vibe okay ryan i was thinking the other day too um we need to talk to you about this off air but uh 2024 really should be the year that we go back and watch the clone wars arc um about uh mortis i think huh and do do an episode Ooh. about that sure I think we need to. I think we I, need to. Yeah. No, I mean I've been um I've also been um rewatching Ahsoka. I think I'm four four or five episodes just been very casually um yeah. watching an episode when I feel like it. Um and yeah, I was just uh just watched um some some world between worlds stuff happening. Yeah. I mean, the Mortis God himself is now the chief creative officer of Lucasfilm, so I think we need to go back and and uh, watch that um, 
at some point. And I'm just curious, like, I know I've been saying this for a while, but I'm just curious how I'll feel about it all these years later anyway. So I kind of want to go back and watch it because I was not keen on it initially, but you never know how I may feel in 2024. So it's the year of Mortis. (laughs) It could be. Yeah, it could be. Okay, well, why don't we uh, why don't we spend the the second half of the show here, kind of just uh, casually taking a look at what's on the docket for 2024, and uh, taking the temperature, how we feel about these things, and what we're looking forward to. Um, so, I I I think the first thing up, um, at least in terms of um, film and TV, will be Bad Batch season three. Um, I don't believe there's any word right now on when that will release, but I think that should be the first one out of the gate, maybe sometime in the spring is what I'm hoping. Um, have you heard anything, Ryan? I, I know you're not our, our primary Bad Batch correspondent <laughs> on Blockade Runner podcast, but have you heard anything about that, that you know, uh, show? I have not even thought about the Bad Batch and glasses and smasher and <laughs> those my guys uh in goggles i think you mean goggles okay. um uh nice. otherwise known as tech um yeah. tech who who was featured in a very memorable moment in the season finale of bad batch season two so you didn't even know it and you were you were referencing one of the most impactful elements of season two of Bad Batch when you when you mentioned our good friend Goggles. So yeah, um, that was intentional because that was yeah. totally watched. Uh, uh, okay, well, I'll talk very briefly about Bad Batch mm-hmm. season three um, because I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, one reason I'm really looking forward to it is because Bad Batch season two uh, exceeded my expectations, and I think. Um, it ended really strongly, but I, I really enjoyed the season overall uh, throughout. I think it was it was excellent, and um, I liked a lot of season one as well. And uh, I definitely Bad Batch. I think is a show where there there will be pockets of episodes that um, you know are a little less exciting or interesting to me than others. Like you know, it's it's a it's still a little maybe up and down for me as uh, as the seasons go on. But uh, overall, I thought it was it was great. Um, I really, really liked Bad Batch season two. So I'm looking forward to uh, season three, just based on the, the quality of the second season. But also, um, it is finite, like it's the last season of Bad Batch. So, you know, that makes me a little more excited going into it. Not that I necessarily want the show to end or whatever. But um, it's kind of like Clone Wars season 10 at this point, or whatever it might be. And, mm-hmm. you know, all good things must come to an end. And, um, and there's so many hours of television now, animated television hours about the clones and the clone wars and everything else. So, um, I think, you know, we can probably, um, move in other directions at this point, but, uh, but yeah, just like the fact that we're going to get an end to the show, it's going to be planned. It's going to be built 
up to, you know, this conclusion. And um, the story of the clones is extremely meaningful to a lot of people. So I think to be able to have a um, constructed, intentional conclusion to 20 years or whatever it is now, almost, I guess, of, uh, of clone stories is, uh, is kind of cool. And I expect big things. I think they will go out swinging and I think, um, they will, uh, they will produce a really great season of television. So I'm pretty, pretty excited for that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that is, uh, no, I know I didn't expect, uh, yeah, no. Um, okay, cool. So that's happening and, um, we don't know when, but hopefully that'll be soon ish. Uh, I don't, what I don't want, I can tell you this right now, what I don't want them to do is to, uh, have more than one star Wars show running at the same time. Um, I don't even want them to have like star Wars shows running at the same time as Marvel shows, ideally. Um, but you know, like definitely not at the same time as another star Wars show. So like, I don't think bad batch and acolyte for instance, which is the next thing on our list should overlap in terms of their seasons, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, i I feel like it can't be avoided with Marvel shows. Cause there's like just always one going. Yeah. Is, Although is the feeling I get, I don't know if that's actually true. Although um, I haven't been paying as close of attention as I guess I should be. I don't watch the Marvel shows um, really at all anymore, but uh, I know Echo is on Disney Plus now, right? Mm -hmm. And I thought I saw, did I see Rami Cowboy say that Echo, the whole season dropped um, one day? Like it all came out at the same time? That's not something Disney Plus has done before to my knowledge, but I mean, besides something like say Tales of the Jedi or Star Wars Visions or whatever, but I thought... um, I saw that Echo all came out at once. Could be wrong, but um, that would certainly be a change. Um, and not something I would want Star Wars to do either. That's another thing I would not want them no. to do is is yeah. put everything all out at once. That's so stressful when shows do that. And yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Just like... Yeah, too much work, too much work. I mean, I'll still be excited when the new Stranger Things comes out and, like, I can binge it, you know, all in one one weekend or whatever. But, I thought uh, that was over. It's never over, Ryan. Come on. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it probably would be over by now, except for there was COVID and everything, so. Uh, um, oh, and, this, and, the, and then the strike, too. I think they were working on it, maybe even filming um, before the strike. But, uh, yeah, so... The last I, season. I literally thought that ended like three years ago. Well, good news is it hasn't. So uh, um, there's still time to hop on board before the emotional final season of Stranger Things. Um, but even when the final season airs next year, the year after, whenever it may be, Ryan, I believe there are spinoff shows in the works. Um, there's a London sure. stage play I think we've talked about before on the show that I think is, is happening right now. So Okay, that's actually uh, kind of sweet. I know. Yeah, I would love to that, go to that. That, yeah. that I like. That I would go see. Um. All right. Good, good, good. 2024 sounds like the year that Ryan um, opens up to Stranger Things uh, a little bit, you know, relax and, and lets the upside down in a little bit. Huh? Mm. Nope. I watched oh. <laughs> a season and a half. I have opened myself up to that and then promptly closed it down. All right, cool. Well, um, that's fine. Hey, The Acolyte, though, uh, releases sometime this year. That I'm confident about. Uh, I don't remember. Did they 
I think they finished filming Acolyte, right, before the strike. I'm pretty sure they were done. If they weren't, I bet they had like three days left or something, you know, like, so that show's got to come out this year. I feel like it should be. Yeah, because there were, yeah, because it was like two, like a year and a half ago when we saw like those like leaked behind, like on set photos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they were well into filming during Star Wars Celebration last year, which would have been in April, right? Um, they showed off like a fair amount of footage, I think. And uh, I believe they were filming still at that point, but I don't think they had just started or anything. They were they were pretty far in. So, and, and I, I want to say too, I think um, StarWars.com and Disney Plus and whoever has been uh, using 2024 um, when referring to the Acolyte, like lately since in the last you know month or whatever. So um, I think it's all but certain the Acolyte releases in 2024, or maybe it is basically certain, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's like, I'll just say the thing I'm most excited about for sure. Like without a doubt yes. in 2024. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's also so, the thing we know the least about, I feel. Yeah. Like, I mean, we know like the broad strokes of like the the era and like the theme, but like nothing about characters or like s- specifics or like the general plot or anything. Um, yeah, but it's still like it's just it's such a compelling pitch um, that and just like really talented people behind it. Yeah. Um and different people and like it just such it feels like such a a fresh different take in like in like in in Andor sort of way. Um even though this is going to be very different than Andor, but it's going to be very different um than, you know, something like Ahsoka, which is I feel like the the most Star Warsy of the the most recent Star Wars stuff, um, in like a very like ticking boxes sort of way, which is not like an indictment on like quality of anything, but it's like it has the you know it, it you know it hits the things, um, but then I think like something like Andor and even to like a lesser extent the Mandalorian are like. This can also be a thing in Star Wars. Yes. Um, and it like and it works. And I think that's what um this show is going to do. I think it's gonna push Star Wars in interesting ways that but still like be grounded in what makes Star Wars Star Wars. So yeah, really, really excited about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and the buzz was, you know, so good coming out of celebration too where you know, behind closed doors. Well, I mean, behind closed doors with like thousands of other people, uh, people got to see, you know, I just mean like, it wasn't like for, uh, you know, um, the elite few who got pulled into like private rooms and got to see acolyte footage. Like they, they showed it at, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the live action movie panel or whatever you call it, the, mm-hmm. the upcoming projects panel, they, they showed footage. Um, so, and, uh, people were extremely hyped on, on what they saw. So, I think like, 
you know, from a pitch perspective, there's a lot of reason to be excited for it from the pedigree of talent involved in the show. There's a ton of reason to be excited about it. And then, you know, people haven't seen much, but what they've seen, um, seems to, seems to have exceeded expectations. So yeah, could not be more excited for the acolyte, uh, to release. I'm excited to see like some trailers, a trailer to see some still images to see anything, like learn anything yeah. uh, more about it too. So I hope, I don't know. I mean, it, it may be a situation where we're going to do the whole cycle for Bad Batch. And then when that's done, then a few weeks later, they'll start showing us Acolyte and start that process. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, that uh, that's on the way eventually. And, and uh, I, I'm guessing that'll be later in the year, but, uh, but this year for sure. Um, what I'm not sure about is Skeleton Crew because... Before the strike happened, the word was that Skeleton Crew was likely to release at the end of 2023, like during the holiday season of 2023. Um, But that would be with a production cycle not impacted by a multi-month strike. Um, So I don't know that they finished filming it all the way, but I think they were probably pretty close on that too. So likely they have to go back and finish some filming. This information might be out there too. If you dig into, uh, the real, you know, behind the scenes, um, you know, rumors and, and whatever mm-hmm. type sites, I, I haven't been following those as closely lately. And I haven't been, well, I never really followed them that closely, but I would follow people online who follow that stuff closely. And I haven't been, uh, been kept up to date too much on that stuff, yeah. but which is fine with me. I'm not, not as uh, thirsty for every little, morsel like i was during the sequel era um Mm -hmm. you know so anyway uh i I don't know 100 percent if it's done filming or not um but uh yeah i've I've seen some speculation that since they didn't make like winter of 2023 christmas 2023 whatever um they're just gonna wait until that same time this year 2024 like basically delay it a whole year um and i think that probably makes sense because if the acolyte is going to come out and say like August or September, then what are you going to do? You, you know what I mean? If you've got bad batch in April, let's say, and then you've got a month or two off in between, and then you're going to put the acolyte on, then I think it would just, you know, kind of make sense. And this is like an Amblin inspired, you know, um, kid focused show in terms of like the casting and like the, the point of view characters and stuff. So, um, I think, yeah, like that, that, that holiday break seems like a good time to, to do it. So, um, I'm guessing and hoping that we're going to get skeleton crew like a little less than a year from now, basically. Okay. I mean, that, I, that makes sense. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, maybe it'll release on Halloween. That'd be cool. First episode on Halloween. Uh, it's like E.T., Amblin, Goonies, you know, Close Encounters inspired kind of thing. But yeah, Stranger Things inspired even. Like maybe we'll get it on Halloween. That'd be cool. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah. I mean, I hope it's not like a copy of a copy of a copy um, with the Star Wars label slapped on it. But um I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know where I'm at with this one. I feel like I don't quite know enough ab- 
about it and like there's just been so much talk about like what the influences are and not really like what it actually is and i don't know like i've yeah i i feel like i need like a little bit more to go off of to be excited yes just be like i'm making a tv show that's like this movie that came out in 1983 like i don't know (laughs) that's not like a, a a really good um pitch to me um but i don't know we'll yeah uh i i hear you i hear you i understand that um but i think what i'm hopeful for with skeleton crew is the idea that it is attempting to it's chasing the same kind of emotions that the Amplin stuff was chasing and the same kind of feelings. And so, and specifically like the idea of a show with young protagonists that young people might watch and really identify with, um, is something that's exciting to me. And so like, you know, if I think about the Goonies for instance, or, you know, even ET or whatever, but like, especially the Goonies, that's the first one that comes to mind to me. Mm -hmm. Um, if I think about the Goonies, like I was eight or nine years old watching a movie about eight or nine year old kids, like going off on some crazy adventure. And it was really exciting and like, and vital, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was, that was awesome. And like that made me love movies, um, and other stuff too, but like gremlins, whatever, but like that kind of stuff, like made me love movies. And also with stuff like, and I doubt we'll get too much of this necessarily, but with stuff like Goonies and gremlins and, and whatever too, it was like, it was made for kids. It starred kids, but like, there'd be bad words in there or like the kids would find themselves in dangerous situations that didn't feel completely sanitized. Like, you know, a lot of kids movies, I think with kid protagonists, nobody watching, including the kids themselves ever feel like anything actually bad is going to happen to Kevin in home alone, you know? And I love home alone. I think home alone is an awesome movie. Like, but I'm just saying, you know, in general, you watch a, a movie with kids and it all feels very safe. And like sometimes Amblin stuff, doesn't always feel super safe and like i'm really not trying to like you know give you the business here about stranger things by bringing this up but like same thing with stranger things you know like there are times when like it feels dangerous and it feels very much like the kids are it's like monster squad you know dracula got all these monsters together ryan and like the only people who can stop them are these kids you know the monster squad they're the only ones it's up to them you know so like I don't know, that kind of thing. Like, if it has that kind of sense of excitement and specifically, you know, um, directed towards and about kids and stuff, I think that could be really cool. And let's say this, that's a different feeling and flavor for Star Wars. I don't think we've ever really had something like that in Star Wars. So um, that right there is exciting, you know? Um, So yeah, Yeah. hopefully it feels less like a a facsimile of something else and more like... Mm -hmm there was this golden age where movies and stories were produced like that, that really worked. And let's see if we can inject a little of that into like a new star Wars story, I think would be really cool. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause I was just listening to, um, the most recent episode of flashback 64, the chronological Nintendo 64, um, podcast, um, made by some, uh, friends and they the most recent episode they spent like 
half an hour or so talking about um, the original three Ninja Turtles movies. Yeah. And, um, and how something they brought up is, like, in the first Ninja Turtles movie, like, you have, you know, you have Raphael saying damn, and you have, um, you know, like, the the teen hangout where kids are like skateboarding and smoking and there's no adults there. And like, and that was a mainstream kids movie in 1990. Like this is even like, you know, it it was probably like one of the last mainstream, like marketable kids movies that had, I, I I like hate using this word, but like had like kind of like an edge to it mm. or yep. it like wasn't just like a perfect Disneyfied version of like conflict. Like yep. it was, you know, there. Yeah, it's like a silly kids movie. Like there's, you know, it's all about like pizza and cowabunga and stuff but in like these like goofy jokes but like there's also like like shredder is scary as hell um like you know at the during his like first reveals in that movie and there's a little bit of a little bit of cussing a little bit a little bit of skating and smoking um and you know that's like that's also like to me um seeing seeing that as a kid like i was like yeah i like this like it's you know whatever this is i like it it's not you know this this is different than the cartoon the ninja turtles cartoon and i actually think i like this thing more Mm -hmm. um and you know and then you know then like kind of immediately after that like the you know tur- turtles 2 and turtles 3 like became much more silly um like yeah. progressively silly and like kind of lost um that edge and part of it maybe because you know the first movie was like really strongly based on the comics um and um almost like plot point by plot point um and then you know then the next two were you know, based on the studio wanting to sell toys. Um, but yeah. And then like, it's, it's really hard to like, think of, you know, movies that kids movies that followed it. It felt like just like, they've just dulled over the years in like the, you know, like bringing in, darker elements or um you know creating like authentic peril um and you know it's not to say like kids movies are bad or anything now like there's bangers being released like all the time um but even like you know the most recent ninja turtles movie which is possibly you know the the best ninja turtles on screen depiction ever um, you know, looking at it like objectively, um, it's still like you're you you're never really like worried about any characters or anything in that movie. Like, you know, they're just they're just yeah. goofing the whole time, and 
you know, having having a good time. And that's, I feel like, the vibe of, like, kids' movies now. Yeah, I mean, like, well, I know, like, specifically, um, parents were pretty, there was a lot of pissed off parents about the original Turtles movie, you know, that thought it was too dark, mm-hmm. too gritty, etc. And that's part of why Secret of the Use was uh, toned down. And also, uh, I mean, there's just, like, they you they don't even use their weapons in Secret of the Use, you know, for that reason. Like they use they have their weapons, but they don't use them in fights. They use sausages and uh, you know basketballs Inflatable and bats. Uh, and- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, you know, and and I, I think Secret of the Use is still pretty cool. I like that one a lot. It's great. Um, yeah, Turtles three. Maybe I need to go back and watch that one and try to give it another shot. But uh, never found a lot to love in Turtles 3, really. Um, but yeah, I, I do I like the we second one. I think we were kind of aged out of it at that point. Yeah, I think it so. Was like, it was like, the movies were getting more childish while we were getting older. So yeah, like, yeah. So, I mean, Turtles 1 just hit it like the sweet spot. Turtles 1 rules so hard. I still love that movie. I think it's amazing. Um, and also, like, you know, the year before that was Batman, right? Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. And the same thing like that felt batman returns came after turtles one so but that yeah i can't even like think of that as a kid's movie no and it's kind of i mean it's not necessarily like not to the same degree as something like secret of the years or whatever but to kids oh yeah oh yeah for sure and and kids were watching it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. my mom wouldn't let me watch it uh i couldn't see batman 89 in the theater she she knew it was too uh too uh mature for all right. Well, she knew what it was and did not think I should see that. I guess so let's put it that way. I think Very I could have. Cool. I would have been fine because I watched it on VHS when mm-hmm. she wasn't looking. Not too much later, um, my grandma actually rented it for me. She was like, "Ah, we can rent it." Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so I Grandma's. watched it. Yeah, summer of yeah. ninety, uh, probably. Um, okay. Maybe after first saw Turtles because I did see Turtles in the theater. But anyway, like the way that we felt watching those movies in nineteen ninety or whatever it is, if Star Wars could, I don't think they're going to produce exactly that, but if they could produce something yeah. like that for kids with Skeleton Crew, man, that'd be really sweet. So that's what, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I mean, that would be great. Like, yeah. even if I'm, like, not into it, like, if, again, like, we got to get kids into Star Wars. Right, that right. That has been, like, a whole a whole thing for me. Like, um, you know, the, the Grogu pajamas are cool you know great but we gotta get them to connect with these characters they need we need to stop making everything star wars for 45 year old men like yep 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 absolutely um yeah and i I think the story if i remember correctly like what little we know about the story is that basically a group of kids are like um like basically they run away from home or I don't know if they run away from home, but they somehow get separated from their families or their home or whatever. And they're out there in the galaxy on their own. And I think Jude Law's character is like, maybe, I don't know what kind of, I don't know who he is or what he is, but I think, um, helping them out or something like that or, you know, whatever, like, or is he, maybe it's one of those things. I don't know, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it seems like there's definitely the possibility for some danger there. So, yeah, those are the, I think those are the three kind of, um, what, um, film, video, television things that we know about, uh, for 2024. Um, 
it is the 25th anniversary of the Phantom Menace this year, which is uh, wild, you know? Um, so I feel like we uh, just had the 20th. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's crazy to think it's been 25 years since um, since that movie released. It was like best summer ever, man. So, um, but yeah, 25th anniversary. I don't think Lucasfilm has said much of anything about that. Um, and maybe there's not too much reason to expect a whole lot of hoopla and fanfare. But we there are some signs of things happening for the 25th anniversary of The Phantom Menace. For instance... Um, Hasbro is releasing a super sweet, I think target exclusive. Um, uh, what do they call the, they're not called vintage. What do they call Because we have retro, the vintage series retro. retro yeah. Collection, yeah. They're doing a retro line of six, I think six, uh, figures from the Phantom Menace in a um, box in, set, in, right? In a box set. Yep. Yeah. So I will be buying the I'm hell buying out that. of that. Yep. Yep. So okay. that's cool. And there's also a novel on the way called The Glass Abyss, which is a Mace Windu uh, novel. But the premise... Shatterpoint action? <laughs> the premise there is that uh, Qui-Gon Jinn... Uh, it's after Qui-Gon Jinn has died. Um, so after The Phantom Menace, but just after. And uh, somehow he left a voice recording or something, a hollow recording, I don't know what it is, um, for Mace Windu basically asking him to finish some incomplete business for him. So um, there's a, a lengthier summary, but like there are, there's a, a planet, a group of people on that planet that Qui-Gon was, you know, helping in some way, trying to protect in some way. They still need some assistance. And so he's, uh, he's asking Mace Windu to, to complete that for him. Um, and, uh, that's interesting because, you know, they kind of definitely butt heads, right? Like they are the two, they're on basically opposite sides of the spectrum of the Jedi philosophy in the Phantom Menace. So, um, hopefully that, I mean, that should be a pretty, should be a pretty good book. I think, uh, I really, I'm trying to think the last time they did this, um, the Obi-Wan and Anakin book. What was that? Brotherhood, Mike Chen Brotherhood. Did mm-hmm. you read that one, Ryan? I didn't read that. I read Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, which is the oh, Obi-Wan yeah. and Qui-Gon. That's right. That's right. Maybe that's the better analog to this, but I like both of those books uh, quite a bit. And I think both were sort of saying like, hey, let's look back at that prequel period and write, uh, you know, um, a, a novel that we're going to, I don't know how to put it, like not we're going to take it seriously because I'm sure they take them all seriously, but like something that can be a real companion to that era, you know, of, of storytelling from when those movies came out. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I, I definitely will plan on reading that one. Yeah. And there's another, um, prequel era book, um, coming out, uh, this year. Um, hmm. God, and it's, Oh, I'm, totally blinking um and it's by um i think it's a john jackson miller too oh oh the living force oh yeah 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 um which has kai adi mundi on the cover and yaddle and yaddle and like all of all of our friends and that's coming april 9th Okay, wow. And is going right. to be 
really sweet. This cover is just out of control. Yoda, <laughs> Mace Windu, um, uh, all you you have everyone. <laughs> um, Dep Depa Baloba. Baloba? Uh huh. Um, God, I am. I have not thought about the the Jedi Council and Phantom Menace nearly enough recently. Well, there's a New Year's resolution for 2024, then, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, God, who's the who's the guy that Dave Filoni would dress up as? Kiati Moody. Was was that? I thought Filoni was a Kiati no, Moody guy. Oh no, you're right, Plo Koon. Plo Koon. He's a Plo yes. Koon. He's also on this cover. I'm looking at the cover now. Yeah, I see it. I see Evan Evan Peel. Is that his name? Evan Path or Peel? I think it's Evan Peel. Uh, Kiati Mundi, uh, Depa Balaba, or whatever her name is, uh, Plo Kloon, uh, Yaf, what's that guy's name? Yash, no, not Yash, Yif, Pear, uh, the long necked, uh, uh, oh yeah, okay, we've got some, yeah, yeah. we've got some all stars here, yeah, uh huh, all right, very good, and well, that'll be exciting. John Jackson Miller, who's just a consistently great Star Wars writer. This yeah, and slap. that okay. So, and that's coming out first because I was thinking the um, the Mace Windu book was was like March, but it's actually August, I think. So, this is the uh, the first Phantom Menace um, focus book, and that'll be releasing in April. Yeah, yeah, so pretty close to Phantom Menace Day. Okay, uh, your boy just popped right here, okay? Because I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. You might pop for this too, but you definitely will. The Living Force celebrates the 25th anniversary of The Phantom Menace and is written by longtime Star Wars author Jonathan Jackson Miller under the code name Denver. Whoa, that's where I live. Yeah, Denver. Yeah, that's where you live. That's where I lived for three days in april and may of 1999 yeah yeah um i live live less than a mile away from that building oh the wings over the rockies air and space museum Mm -hmm. or maybe just air museum i don't know but yeah Yeah. um nice less than a mile does that apartment building um on the way to that museum still have the chewbacca cardboard standee up in the front window do you know i have not seen um, one of those, but I will say in the neighborhood, um, there were quite a few, um, S- Star Wars Christmas decorations in yards. We had some oh, nice. inflatable Yodas, um, it's all up at a few different houses in that area. So like there's really, the force is very strong in that, that area. Okay. All right, good. The lasting impact of Star Wars Celebration, I think. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, we're going to have to tell California Chris about that code name. He uh, won't read the book, but he'll be excited to, to hear that, I think. Um, cool. All right. To wrap it up here, Ryan, uh, we have Star, Star Wars Outlaws on the way. Um, just confirmed, like in the last week or so, I think that that will be late 2024. That's when Star Wars Outlaws will release. Um so I think we're both excited for that and haven't really learned much more about it since it was announced, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, before Star Wars Outlaws, though, this month on uh, 
PlayStation Plus or buy it on PSN will be Star Wars The Phantom Menace for PS1. Mm-hmm. Is I was playing that last night. I was playing that yesterday, actually. Yeah. yeah. Not a great game, but I still really like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the opening is remarkably similar to Jedi Power Battles. Um, yeah. Which isn't surprising, really, but... Um, yeah, it's uh, it feels like it came out in 1999 for sure, but um, it's it was yeah, it was pretty fun for the few minutes I played it last night. I plan on digging in more, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, also, there's like fascinating stories behind the development of that game. Um, if you there's an episode, oh, I can't forget, I can't remember who the guest is, but on um, Alex Kane's end poem podcast where he talks to people in the video game industry he um interviewed someone who worked at um lucas arts and worked on a ton of star wars um games and he talked about how the it the the phantom menace game was like the development was like such a mess and how they had to turn around the PS1 version in like a matter of months with like a team of like three people and it's wild. Huh. Highly recommend listening to that episode if you're a fan of Star Wars video games. Yeah, I will uh, uh, I will try to link that in the uh the show notes here. Yeah. Yeah. Um but Outlaws um still very excited for that. Um hopefully it I I think I think 2024 is possible um you know the the footage we saw was like a pretty pretty big vertical slice where like a lot of the systems seemed to be in place like you had your your combat your traversal your space travel like all of those things seemed to be in place and um i think related to that um just i don't know a month or two ago the the avatar game from ubisoft um released and got like okay reviews um for as like you know a game because it's just kind of a it's just a it's just a video game ass video game um in the avatar world but um what i've heard about it is the tech is phenomenal. Um, people are saying it's, like, arguably the best-looking video game out on, like, modern consoles, and the PC version is, like, even more ridiculous. Um, and I believe it's the same um, tech that's powering Outlaws. Interesting. So. Uh, I bet James Cameron just like basically wrote the engine himself. That seems to be uh, <laughs> how he how he does stuff. So um, could be. Yeah, I've could been listening be. to a series. I've been listening to a series of podcasts about uh, about James Cameron movies, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's crazy to uh, to learn about his process. And uh, anyway, um, yeah. So no, but uh, the Disney Parks blog just uh, put up a blog 
a couple days ago, I think, 24 ooh-worthy things to experience with Disney in 2024. And they put um, Star Wars Outlaws on there and said it's a late 2024 release. So um, I think it had already been listed as a 2024 release, but there was no more information than that. And now Mm. um, Disney itself is saying late 2024. Um, Of course, with video games, we, we know how this goes. Like, it is very common for video games to be announced for a certain window and then they slip out of it but uh yeah it seems the plan as of now is to release that game at the end of this year so um that'll be cool and i don't think there's any other like major star wars games happening before that there's a what's it called star wars hunters the mobile switch game that's uh, been delayed a, a trillion times um so that probably should come out or sometime this year yeah that should come out sometime this year oh. if it ever comes out so um but like you know triple a be a switch by the time that comes out yeah yeah like it'll be there but um yeah so so we'll see uh, okay, last thing that I have in terms of um, stuff I know about for this year for Star Wars is, of course, the High Republic, which is ongoing. But I haven't been going on with it as much as I would like to say that I have. So um, <laughs> I'm pretty out of the loop with High Republic. Where are you at with it, Ryan? Um, I finished like the first phase. Um, yeah, I read the books. I read like. 90% of the books and comics and I enjoyed it all. Um, but I just have kind of opted out of moving forward with it. It's a big time and financial commitment. And much as I like, I, I really like the high Republic. Um, but it's also just, it's so much. Um, yeah, I think there's I think there's a group of people for whom that's amazing. And one of the best things about it is how much there is. But um, it has gotten a little off putting for me, like how much there is. I am hoping I, I do plan on reading all of the or trying to read all of the quote unquote adult novels, you know. Yeah. But they've really even like even that was a lot in phase one, I guess, like at least how phase one was initially presented, which was like, there was three portions of it, right? Like an adult novel, a middle grade novel and a young adult novel. Um, and there was comics and there was like children picture books and stuff, but like pretty much it was like, there was three big books, right? Like the adult, the young adult and the middle grade novels. And there was three sets of those for phase one. Right. So I made it through almost all of that. I, I, I read the three big novels. I think I read, I think I read all three of the young adult ones or maybe two of the three on. Anyway, I read a lot of that stuff. Right. But then they were like, Oh, well now also there's going to be, which again, it's great if you have time or the, you know, ability or I guess stamina to read all this stuff. But like they started tossing in like an additional adult novel or two or an additional young adult novel. And like, it just feels like there's like so much, you know, it's really tough. So there's uh radio dramas and fell, fell behind by a manga it was it was over yeah like i was like you know because i finished the last part of phase one and i was like okay i'm just gonna take a little break and then you know come back and you know let, yeah you know let phase two some simmer because like it i was reading phase one all the way up through phase two launching and then I was like, okay, I'm going to take a little break. And then I'm like, there's seven books now after 
after like a month and a half. Like, yeah, I I can't do this. (laughs) Yep. Well, I'm going to try to take. I mean, I'm going to try to do some kind of express route through it, um, I think, or, you know, we'll see if it happens, but I'm still I would still like to do that. I'd still like to read like the main, main books, I guess. But uh, Mm -hmm. I had these visions of being able to keep up with all the other (laughs) stuff the middle grade and young adult and everything and i don't know if that's still in the cards and i'm way behind on the comics although you could catch up on the comics in a weekend you know if you really want to like like, tackle it i wonder how it would be just reading the comics without yeah reading the the novels because like most of those are probably out in trade paperbacks now so it's not even like financially irresponsible (laughs) I have a lot of the single issues. Actually, I, I, I picked up a lot of the single issues of High Republic and High Republic Adventures, uh, even in the Dark Horse era. I think the last time I've been in my comic shop is like October or November, though. And then they keep doing a thing, too. Like when Phase 2 started, it was like High Republic number one from Marvel. And I think they've already done another number. I don't know. But anyway, like it's, it's, it's tough. And then even with the comics, although this isn't surprising because comics do this like there's been two trillion, you know, miniseries and spinoff series and everything else with Star Wars since 2015. But like, even with the High Republic comics, it's not just the High Re- like. There's the High Republic and there's the High Republic Adventures, right? Okay, two comic series for me to keep up. Even that, there's more than that now. Like, okay. there's Out of the Shadows and there was the Monster of Something Peak and there's like there's all these different side stories and everything. It's like it is so much. So. Which is great. And, and now comics cost $6 an issue as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think, like, I'm either on, like, the most wanted list for my local comic shop because I haven't been in there for three months and they allegedly, I mean, I think they have a pull list for me. I'm either on that most wanted list or they just gave up on me a long time ago and they're not pulling anything for me anyway. So, like, either way. I think I'm just, uh, just I'm in trouble. And again, <laughs> well, no, I want to, but yeah. and then the other thing that happened is uh, this doesn't matter. Whatever, let's just drop it. Okay, High Republic, it's happening. Um, I'd like to make some some headway into the stuff I've missed, um, but you know it just keeps coming. So so we'll see. We'll see. I get the Star Wars Insider every every well every two months, I guess, or every however mm. every time it releases, I get the Star Wars Insider. There's a lot of times new. High Republic fiction in there. Oh my god! And I'm like, uh, should I even yeah. bother reading it? Because I don't know what's going on, <laughs> you know, about that, around yeah. it. So yeah, but but um, you know, the acolyte is coming, and that might uh, light a fuel for some of us in terms of trying to catch up as much as we can on the big stuff for the High Republic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's going to be such like an SEO godsend to like websites. Like, what what do you need to read to? enjoy the acolyte and there will be 500 websites posting yeah, yeah. those articles so pretty sure the answer will be nothing you know in general but like yeah that's not what they'll write on the websites but i'm just saying like in general i think like you'll be fine you know obviously but in fact it's not even it's like i don't know 50 or 100 years after the stuff we've read about in the high republic right now right like it's of the high republic era but it's not like set right with those Although there is a character from the High Republic in the show, so. Yeah, I think it's going to connect in some ways. And I know they, like, are pushing the timeline in maybe 
in the next phase. I don't even know. Actually, I can't even say. But they have they have flexibility that they. I mean, nothing's stopping them from being like, "Hey, this this High Republic book takes place a year before the Acolyte." Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. Okay, cool. Well, um, I guess that's going to do it for our uh, our twenty twenty four preview, Ryan. I'm sure there will be. I hope anyways, and I'm sure there'll be some surprises and things that we have no idea about yet that will be coming our way in 2024. Uh, I don't think there's like a big event. Um, Actually, strike that D23 will be happening in August. So D23 is a place where I was going to say, I don't don't know if there's any, any uh, occasion, any event that could, could provide some, some big updates or exciting stuff, but D23 would probably be the thing this year in 2024. So or just you know. a random Thursday Star Wars yeah. post. Like Well, that's true too. That's seems. true too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap up the show there and uh, we will be back soon with another episode of the Blockade Runner Podcast. Until then you can find everything we do at blockaderunnerpodcast.com. You can email the show, blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can join our Discord if you want to chat with uh, us and, and some of our friends and listeners there. Um, you can also follow the show on Blue Sky. What's our Blue Sky account, Ryan? Blockade uh, Runner? Blockade Runner. Yeah. The blockade it's on Blue Sky. Dot B-Sky dot social. Sounds right. Sounds right. Um, so yeah, you can, you can follow us there as well. And Ryan, you're on blue sky too. Yeah. My personal account where I talk about pro wrestling and star Wars is via Malay, uh, V A Y A M A L A Y dot B sky dot social. And my other account is standard definition gaming, uh, D E F S T A N four eight zero. Uh, Blue Sky Social. Right on. Yes, and we are blockaderunner.bsky.social. That is it. And if you need a uh, an invite code, if you want to get on Blue Sky but you don't have an invite code, I've got yeah. some. So uh, message is sh- yeah, message the show and we'll hook you up if you need to get on Blue Sky. So yeah. uh, I don't think they're as hard to come by as they once were, but um, <laughs> but we've got some if you need them. Cool. Yeah. All right, so thanks again for listening, and we will be back soon with another episode of the Blockade Runner podcast.